Hi there, it's Peter Bergman, and welcome to the Radio Free Oz podcast for Thursday, December 29th, 2011. Just a few days left before we bop into 2012, the big election year, where we may be experiencing electile dysfunction. But we'll get into that later. We're going to talk at the top of the show about derivatives and the political process. But before we do, I think to everyone's advantage, let's listen to this classic educational film on derivatives. Five, four, three, two, beep! Erpie iPad app presents Exorcism in Your Daily Life, registered trademark, Derivatives. Let's join Billy and his dad over in their typical Billville home breakfast nook, where Billy is explaining... Uh, you see, Dad, my philosophy teacher wants me to, to produce this music video about derivatives and, and Freud, and, and I need to go practice ultimate ring ball with Bruce. Well, Bobby, I'm not allowed to talk about Freud anymore. Really? Or, or ring ball. Gosh. But, but derivatives are something else. They sure are, Dad. Uh... What are they? It's easy, buddy. You see, derivatives are contracts whose value is determined by, well, by something else. That's very philosophical, Dad. I'm trying. You sure are, Dad. So, what's a contract? Well, Teddy, for that, we'll have to doodle dee dee doodle 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 do on down to see Big Bill Brown there at what's left of the First National Bingo Bank. Golly! doodle 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 well, hi, Mr. Brown. I'm here again. You sure are, buddy. What's it this time? Another question about the size of my fat bonus? I don't want to have to think about that ever again, sir. Mm -hmm. But but anyway, what's a derivatives contract, Mr. Brown? Oh, well, that's easy, son. It's a collateralized debt obligation, and that's a valuable product we bankers sell to hedge against risks. Do I have one, Mr. Brown? You won't even know what one is until you get an M. MBA, Bobby. Oh. You know, sometimes these entirely digital things we buy and sell here are called interest rate swaps, and, and they help to protect us against abrupt changes in interest rates. You mean like the 29% my mom pays on her Kmart card? There's nothing your mom can do about that, Bobby. Oh. I, I expect she'll have to lose her car. What about our food, Mr. Brown? Well, well, for that, Teddy, you better go see Farmer Jones down at the Chemical Corn Exchange Department. Doodly 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 doo. Well, Bobby, you see, I grow onions, and onions are the only cash vegetable crop that you can grow, but you can't bet on. I I I can't. No, sir. And there's a fine U.S. federal law to protect you from doing that. Golly. What if <laughs> Goldman Sachs a crap could sell those insane Wall Street gamblers and money-mad banking moguls on a deal to bet on the size of my bulging onion crop? Oh, is that like a, a metaphor, Farmer Jones? Stop imagining things, Bobby, and listen. All right. There are a lot of people who only care about the stuff they can bet on. Oh, and that's very futuristic. Yep, it sure is. Let's say you bet the bank I'll grow 390 tons of onions. Gosh, okay. W what'll that cost me, sir? 390 pink Monopoly dollars and eventually the whole international economy. Wow. Uh, even the euro? Well, that's sick. It sure is. Now, if you bet that I'm going to grow more tons than that, you go long. I really like to, Farmer Jones, but I'm only 13. I mean, place your bet, boy. Oh. Or you can go short 
and sell my onion contract to some other bozo. Oh, how can I sell it if I didn't buy it? Confusing, ain't it, Bubba? Yeah. And, and you know, that's the way they like it. Mm -hmm. But for the real poop, you need to Skype our most prominent futurologist, old Doc Infirmo, no. the famous exorcist yeah. down at the Homeland Infirmary Agency. doodle 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 Well, so, Doc, I, I don't know what a derivative is, and, and I'm confused about contracts and obligatory collateralized d d debts, and, and well, well, what do you predict will happen, Dr. Infermo? We're doomed. Golly, again? Derivatives, another exorcism in your daily life iPad app from Burpee. Well, so there you go. Derivatives. Actually, they are a contract with the devil. That's just written in the very small print. The reason I mention derivatives is that a small trading exchange in Chicago, the North American Derivatives Exchange, has asked federal regulators for permission to sell options tied to the results of various 2012 elections, including the U.S. presidency, control of the Senate, and control of the House of Representatives. CNN reports, here's how it would work. Let's say today you bought an option on former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney winning the presidency, and it cost you $45. If he won, you would get $100, making a profit of $55. If he lost, you would get nothing. You know what's really interesting about this is that it really points out how useless most of the activity on Wall Street is. Useless in the fact that it is non-productive. The derivative description I just read you is just pure betting. 45 on Romney. It's like, you know, it's, it's horse racing. You know, he runs well in the mud. Uh, he's a closer. He's not carrying a lot of weight. He's a lightweight, etc. He's up against that gray-headed um, Newt Gingrich, you know, doesn't know which end his ass is at. And then if you win, you win 55 bucks. And if you lose, you lose 45. It's plain odds. There's nothing being done except money being exchanged. There's no product. And I think that really points out what's happened to our economy. Remember, well, before World War II, but certainly after World War II, we were producing like a son of a gun. In fact, we have for 150 years been a huge producing economy. Things, cars, trains, widgets, houses, on and on and on, factories, raw materials being dug up and put in and people lathe operating and this and that. I'm not romanticizing it per se. I mean, I've only got one planet in Studs Terkel. But the fact is, is that people were actually doing something and something was coming out the door. And the function of Wall Street at that time was to raise money invest in these operations so they might expand and create new operations that could bring work to the American people, raise the GNP, on and on. It was a time of making things. And then all of a sudden, I think with the advent of television, particularly after 1952 when everybody on television had no obvious means of income. There was no life of Riley with lunch pails and no honeymooners. And, and even Lucy, her husband, was just a, a band leader. At least you know he worked. But nobody worked on television, so there was no cultural support for people working anywhere. And we slowly but surely started stopping. Stopping making things. 
I was a shutterbug as a kid. I loved cameras. We had a dark room at the house, and one of my favorite cameras was this um, Kodak. It wasn't called Super 8. It was like an 828 or something like that with a wonderful Ektar lens, and that was a magic word because Kodak made these fine lenses, and all of a sudden they stopped making cameras. And suddenly we stopped making televisions, and on and on. We stopped making, and we started marketing and finagling. And all of a sudden, Wall Street becomes a place to speculate, to be a wise guy, to get ahead of the rubes. Nothing to do with how can we get people to invest in this industry so that more people in Detroit or Illinois or, or, or California or New Mexico can work. And it's come to the point now where it's really not much more than mumsers on Wall Street. Look at all these crooks and how they took us down in 2008. In fact, go back the so-called boom-dot-bust. Why did it, it explode? Because these people raised vast amounts of money in tons of organization that had no product. It was either all hype or all dreams. They had the code, but they didn't have the audience. They didn't know how to market what they had, and all of a sudden, it all collapsed. And Wall Street was responsible for it because they hyped it. It's enough for me to say, let us tax this speculation out of existence. 98% tax for derivatives. What are they after all? You know, the idea of hedging originally was, oh, I've got this onion crop, and if the, if the rain's too much, it's going to spoil, so I better bet against it a little bit as insurance. That's legitimate. It's not legitimate to be betting against whether the market's going to go this way or that, or Romney's going to win, and on and on and on, and then taking all these toxic mortgages. And Wall Street knew they were toxic. This was conscious crime. And putting it together in these derivatives, various levels of derivatives called tranches. They must have felt very sophisticated using words like tranches. And then selling them to all the unsuspecting widows and orphans and, and uh, municipalities around the world. All toxic. All bullshit. They took their commissions, bet against them. It's because they are lazy. They are ignorant of the bigger questions. They are only involved in speculation and insider thinking. Let us clean Wall Street out. Well, to do that, we have to want to start making stuff. I say we, the American people, one by one. If all we want to do is market ourselves through the flat screen and the internet, there's really not much going on. I mean, eBay is all very interesting, but it's just roiling products back and forth. If you're auctioning, well, yeah, there's, there's some retail being done there. The majority of the retail, of course, is products that aren't made here because we're too cool and we're too busy and too just doing it to be making stuff. Now, I know there's a certain amount of hypocrisy coming from me because I never worked in a factory and my parents never worked in a factory, so I don't come from industrial stock. Yet, and sure, we need real industry in this country. Yes, it can be green industry. It can be digital industry. It can be industry in which we, we bring people together under pleasant conditions. The Swedes know how to do it. You know, they know how to overcome the monotony of manufacturing. And we could spend our time doing that, too. If we don't, I think we will not only miss an extraordinary opportunity, I think we may indeed reach that tipping point a lot 
faster than we think, and it's going to be a lot steeper than we could ever imagine. I don't hope it. I'm not on the schadenfreude couch. I just want to let you know that, you know, you don't make nothing, you don't get nothing. So maybe you don't agree. Okay, come on up to Radio Free Oz and blog on it. I'll be glad to answer back. And in the new Oz, the one that goes to dime a day come first week in January, I'm letting everybody know, there's going to be a lot of live blogging. I'll have to find a time that works for all the time zones. I mean, I can only think American right now. And we can actually go back and forth and discuss some of this stuff. And I'll take the best ideas, at least my idea of the best ideas. So, come on, become a Charter Ozoneer. I look forward to being with you in this next extraordinary year when we can point to all of those garden gnomes and say, gentlemen, everything you know is wrong.